Um, is Romo really a Texan? Is Christ really a god? Okay. <laughs> How glad dare we, you? <laughs> glad we settled that. Oh, the prime minister. What a good idea. I move we take the speaker's words down. Mr. President, catch this. The point of order is sustained. I rise today to begin to filibuster. America, reach for the stars. We are human together. The best in America. I might have got here on my own. Howdy, welcome back to This Is News. I'm Reem Mayhem, joined, as always, by This Is News Cancun correspondent Jack Shields. Jack, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Reem. Uh, actually, that's not true at all. I'm in Texas. I'm doing absolutely <laughs> terrible. This is the worst. How are you? Well, Jack, I'm in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I haven't lost power this whole time. Now, I have friends who have, of course, here in Louisiana, but I haven't. Um, yeah. So, you know, it wasn't great not being able to drive for a few days there, but doing okay now and still haven't had class at all this week because this is the longest Mardi Gras break ever. <laughs> Yeah, when uh, I picked Texas A&M and you picked LSU, I did not think I would be the one who had his school year disrupted by crazy weather events. But alas, well, that's what I, I think you're forgetting the hurricanes we had in the fall. Right, but my point is only you were projected to suffer due to Mother Nature in my estimations. <laughs> and this whole we both suffer equally nonsense, I'm not about it. Like Again, this, not equally. I've still had more days canceled than you so far this year. Equally? Dude, I haven't got a shower in several days because my tub is full of water for when I get the boil notice. That's where I'm at right now. I had okay. to shave in the dark like a dog. All right, that's where I'm at. It's not good, Reem. Okay. Um, well, <laughs> but yeah, moving, moving that's to too the, bad. <laughs> moving to the real news with a uh, less of a happy uh, circumstances. First up, uh, Rush Limbaugh has passed away after his battle with, uh, was it lung cancer? Yep. Uh, lung cancer. And uh, conservatives everywhere have been talking about him and the uh, contribution he made to the conservative movement. And truly, he was not a man without his faults, that is for sure. Several faults. But uh, he was an overall, in my opinion, good guy who is a good force for conservatism. And without him, conservative media just doesn't exist. He gave a voice to the voiceless for sure. He, before him, there was basically the media monopoly. There was the fairness doctrine. And conservatives really did not get to have a loud voice on anything really on am radio uh on t television uh, fox wasn't around not sure if wall street journal was around they probably were but um we we just really did not have that much of an impact in the culture he showed up he spread conservatism to millions of people and we really have a lot of contributions in the conservative movement that we can uh thank rush limbaugh for and now that he is in heaven with christ he has finally returned the talent that god loaned him Rain, your thoughts. Yeah, so one, um, Rush Limbaugh is impactful. I think that's an accurate way of putting it. His he was also really funny. It, yes, but sometimes who he was making jokes at the expense of was in at least poor taste, if not outright problematic. Well, he certainly made some mistakes, but it's also worth noting he um, is a man who anytime he realized he did wrong, he went out and apologized. Yeah, the problem was is the phrase he realized there, Jack. Um Hey, we all make mistakes. We we are all sinful creatures. That's why we needed a savior. Like 
the issue is here that with Rush, he's kind of the pre-Fox News Fox News, right? At the peak of his power, it's before, I think, really... That's literally the point I just made. Folks like Bill O'Reilly come to the forefront, right? And he kind of debuts the model for them to follow, which is you are not here to actually provide information or even provide like unified philosophical ideas and robust discourse like William F. Buckley did on Firing Line. You are here to do one thing principally, and that is entertain people for three hours on a dying medium. Right, which is what he did, and now you know Sean Hannity has a radio show. Guy Benson has a radio it's worth show. It. He did resurrect AM. Like AM's not a yes. thing in Europe; it's a it's a thing here. Yes, and so he did resurrect the idea of you know conservative talk radio, which then manifested itself as conservative primetime or late night Fox News shows, um, and has now become OAN and Newsmax shows. Here's Here's what I get with Rush. And let's not rush to any conclusions, but let's be clear, right? There's a lot of bigotry that needs to be unpacked. There's a lot of problematic statements made by him towards the gay community about the birtherism movement. You have to remember in the 1990s, everyone was anti-gay. Like I'm not condoning it, but like Bill Clinton was signing into the law, the defense of marriage act. Like, Barack but that Obama, also doesn't necessarily make it Barack Obama acceptable. entered office upholding the principle of marriage being between a man and a woman. But that doesn't exactly make it acceptable to then mock people for getting AIDS. Right, and he said it was one of the most regrettable things he's ever done in his life. Which is good. But here's, right. here's what gets me in some ways. And this is from a Peggy Noonan column in the Wall Street Journal. Um, she writes in 2006, when Mr. Bush's white house led the party to a devastating congressional defeat, Rush said on his show that now I no longer have to carry the water for the people who just lost. It actually shocked me when he said that in supporting the president, the GOP on Iraq and immigration, he was carrying their water. But if you have class and self-respect, you carry no one's water and you don't follow the base. You respect them, tell them what you actually think and take the blows. And I think Noonan is right in this case that Rush just became a reflection of where the base of the GOP, or at least the base of his, at one point, millions of listeners, were. And it really manifested itself as soon as Trump kind of entered the scene and that Rush realized his listeners were going towards Trump. And he would never say anything critical of Trump without first prefacing it with, don't worry, I still support the man. Yeah, I do not. While I do like Rush overall, I do not condone his post-Trump behavior. And it's as though he lost the ability to have an opinion of his own and share mm-hmm. it with his base. And instead just adopted whatever opinion he, he thought his base was going towards. Rush to the front of the pack. <laughs> and be the most aggressive advocate for that opinion. Yeah. Which, whether you agree with the opinion or not, isn't the point. The point is... We should expect our public figures and much less and much more so the leaders of political movements like Rush Limbaugh was. I think mm-hmm. Mike Pence was right when saying in Congress that he wouldn't be there without Rush Limbaugh. Very true. Um, well, so wasn't Pence uh, a guy who worked in the radio business for a while? Yeah, Pence was a talk radio host. Yeah. If you've ever listened to Pence do a vice presidential debate, I think it's quite obvious. Um, fair, fair enough. Man, if only but the issue with Rush Limbaugh is that he didn't respect his base enough to tell them what he thought. Right. 
he only respected his base enough to tell them what they think and reinforce it and build up the conservative echo chamber that has come to dominate Republican thought in the last definitely four years, but probably the last 10 years. Well, again, he, he certainly had his faults. I do think he touched millions of lives and he was a good voice for conservatism overall. And I mean, you know, a man by his, if a man's good or bad by his actions and, uh, Fox News reported this today. Uh, John Rich recalled uh, today that Rush Limbaugh donated $100,000 to uh, St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital on the one condition that it be anonymous. He, he did not want credit for it. So while, of course, he was a sinner like we all are, he was a good person and uh, he did help the conservative cause. And I have many good memories as an eight or nine year old listening to Rush in my grandparents' car. Well, I mean, you also have to remember, right, I, I had family who used to listen to Rush Limbaugh and then at some point stopped listening to Rush Limbaugh. And it's kind of emblematic, I yeah. think, of a bit of the change in the Republican Party post, I don't recall when it was exactly, but certainly post Romney, where it became less about trying to find electable people who could actually potentially win an election. And it became more about trying to find the most fire brandy possible person. It's all about owning the libs, man. That's the right. And that's the deal is that Rush Limbaugh has now been emulated. And I don't think his emulators are necessarily good for the party. And I don't think that whether or not the movement he created in conservatism was good or bad. My objection is, could it not be both? I mean, I think it could largely bad aspects, right? Not just about some of the, objectively bad opinions he spread if not endorsed do, do we know that smoking causes cancer or are we sure but also about the style in which he went about it right Where i it was, thought he was a funny guy i enjoyed it he's kind of the first person to debut theyism where they are coming after the liberal media right like or, whoa 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 whoa, whoa. Uh, like that you can trace that stuff back to the freaking Adams and Jefferson election where Adams supporters were claiming if that deist took office, our churches would be banned and they would come for the Christians. Like, but if anything, Rush Limbaugh was the original owner of the libs. And I don't necessarily think that was for the better uh, for the health of the country, much less the Republican party or the conservative movement. I think the, Focus on owning libs instead of engage the libs, which was. I say we engage Buckley them did, and own them. Which is what Buckley did. I think you could have Buckley and Limbaugh. Like, I think you need both. Except you objectively didn't. I, I think you need both. Because Limbaugh re- wholly replaced the Buckley side of the party. See, well, I think it's bad if you go too much to one end. Like, I don't think you should be all own the libs, but I don't think you also need to be just polished college educated sophisticated debates all the time i think you need someone to rile up the base be entertaining be funny and you also need the policy thinkers and the great philosophers and ideas of the current yeah, generation it's why i like say dan both. crenshaw should be the number two person in the house republican party because he can rile up the base but then the number one person in the house republican party has to be someone who is very close to the moderate to the median voter in the change. u.s and can effectively message an agenda for the house that flips seats because here's the deal. Dan Crenshaw types, which are kind of the natural evolution of the rush Limbaugh movement in the party. He's got an eye patch. We have to give him that are not going to flip seats. I... 
he fights is not a flipping message. It's a primary winning message. Well, truth be told, I'd say that most of the seats that flip for Republicans are flipped by Democrats, and most of the seats that flip for Democrats are flipped by Republicans, if we're, if we're being honest. But we digress, Jack. We need to talk about oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Texas and the Electricity Reliability Council of Texas and <sighs> the Public Utility Commission of Texas. And Jack, I have a feeling that you have thoughts. I have so many thoughts. So I remember I was at work uh, this Friday and we were all like, it's going to be really cold on Monday. And we were like, yeah, it is. And we were like, that's unfortunate. It won't be fun walking to school. That's all we thought about it. Then Sunday comes and my power is gone. And I am confused about this because I live in a first world country in the greatest state in the greatest country in the world. Why, why, why is this nonsense happening? Turns out, We've made some errors. Now Texas has wait, 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 hold on. Let's 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 hear that again. Texas has made errors. Only Jesus is infallible. Even okay. the great Texas sins on occasion, though we are blessed by God like no other. But uh, anyways, Texas has its own power grid, and we are not subject to the federal regulations of other states. Now. I do like having our own power grid. I think it's cool. I don't have anything against the state, the other states having a federal system. It seems well within the powers uh, granted to the federal government within the Commerce Clause, according to my interpretation. But I, I, I like having our own power grid. But it has to work. That is a crucial factor, having your own power grid. Is it functioning? And it, it's really just unacceptable that we were unprepared for this because we were warned. It's one thing when a freak thing happens and you aren't warned and you do your best. But in 2011, we were warned that our system could not take insane cold weather. And we were like, that's cool. Okay, bye. And just banked on normalcy always being the case. And while normalcy is often the case, extraordinary circumstances do take place. And when they came... We were, according to the Texas Tribune, within minutes of Did losing... Did you say Tribune? Tribute? What, what Tribune. Is, Tribune. Again, people, without the power, I'm just... I'm going crazy. Like, I'm just messing up all over the place. Because when I had power, I was I was pronouncing words like nobody's business. As listeners of the show, no. up. I we was never flawless. mess up pronunciations. It was like Shakespeare met Churchill met the Sermon on the Mount met Lincoln. Like it was insane. Um, there you but, go again. <laughs> yeah, my my ego continues to skyrocket. It has found no limit. But uh, yeah, so we we ignored those warnings. Really, what it comes down to is we needed to winterize. We needed to winterize, and we failed to. And then also, wind and solar failed pretty epically. But both sides of the aisle really took away the wrong message from this. On the right side, we were like, this completely proves that wind and solar suck and will always suck and nothing more. And it's like, look, wind and solar did fail. It's pretty clear. Also, most of our power grid is not reliant on wind and soils. Solar. <laughs> yeah. The dirt. And wind came back on relatively back online yeah. relatively. So quick. it is true that they struggled, but they are not the main cause. The main cause is the failure to winterize our natural gas and stuff like that. And also, we need to be building more nuclear power plants. That yeah. is something we need to be doing. Lots more nuclear power plants, lots more natural gas. But also, it's worth noting with the climate changing, conservatives need to start focusing on this. This is the number one issue that makes us lose young voters. And it's a pretty important issue. 
like as the climate changes, these weather events are going to get more and more common. Like the science is clear. Now I don't buy the AOC in 12 years. We're all going to be dead, but the scientific consensus is our earth is getting warmer and that's going to cause some weather events and we, we need to prep. And I think conservatives should lead on that. I mean, Genesis 128 commands that we, that we take care of the earth. Like I, I thought the evangelicals would be big on that one, but uh, yeah, we, that also means a lot of conservatives are saying this proves we need to cut our uh, solar and wind subsidies and stuff like that. Now, while I don't have a concrete opinion on subsidizing that, I'm more of a let the free market run its course type guy. The fact of the matter is non-renewable resources are, as the term might suggest, non-renewable. And we, we do need to be progressing with new innovative renewable technologies, along with stuff like nuclear, if we're going to be able to have an efficient power grid for decades, if not centuries to come. And why shouldn't Texas lead the way? Now, I don't know the best policy. I'm not advocating for subsidies. I'm not advocating for any green energy plan that the Democrats have proposed. But I am saying we, we shouldn't just throw green energy away. It is a useful product for the future. And I think Texas should lead the way. But also on the flip side, uh, the left claiming that this proves we need the new deal or the new green deal and we need more green energy. Look, these technologies are not at the point where they can sustain a power system such as Texas. Well, Texas is having its problems now, and I'm free to admit that. California was doing pretty bad over the summer. And as Forbes and the Wall Street Journal pointed out, the reason for those failings was their... Um, over-optimistic pursuit of green energy that left their power grid particularly susceptible to those types of disasters. So I, I think both sides are wrong when it comes to that one. Now, Reem, why don't you give your take on everything and then we can slam Ted Cruz together. Well, you know, as I've, as, I, as I've been saying, I think this only proves that we are living in a nuclear moment, right? Where Nuclear energy is the power source that needs to be embraced for electrical sustainability in this country. I completely in agree. In the short term. I like the French system, honestly. Continuing to develop nuclear energy is important. Mm -hmm. Not taking nuclear power plants offline is important. Dude, if we get fusion, we'd be set. Okay, but that's like a bit, that kind of a still a bit science fiction-y, but yes. For now, for now. Um... But yeah, nuclear power needs to happen. Like it just, it, it needs to happen. It needs to be done. Mm -hmm. We should do more of it. What? And here's why, right? Battery technology is not yet good enough for wind and solar to be always viable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and what is your opinion on the green technology? Do you think we and, should be pursuing more green subsidies or stuff like that? Or what's your take on it? We should be pursuing more like grants and research into battery technology and more efficient wind and solar. Mm -hmm. So in the long run, it can be viable. Um, but in the short run, and by short, I mean the next 20 years, probably nuclear. Right. Um, well, honestly, nuclear. nuclear will always outpace solar, but we can. And even then, yeah. And even then, once you build those nuclear reactors, you can keep them online and they can provide a base level of output. Mm -hmm. So that way, even if there are large fluctuations in wind and solar, you at least always have this base level of output that can meet a certain amount of the energy needs. And then when you combine that with battery reserves and hydroelectric, either reserves or power, you really get a pretty good system, right? So right. there's that. Um, I mean, in parts of the country, right, what they'll do is they have these hydroelectric dams where the water runs through it during the day when energy is expensive so they can sell off the energy. But then at night when energy is cheap, they pump the water back up <laughs> into reservoirs to then run it through the next day 
Like it feels like an infinite money machine, but I'm told it's not somehow. Um, yeah, that seems. Fishy. But it really wants me to buy like two ponds, like <laughs> several hundred feet different in elevation, and just like build a canal <laughs> and put up a dam and like let's see what happens. Um, but I digress. Nuclear, more of it. Let's do it. However, the current issue needs to be. How do we winterize the natural gas and coal plants that we currently rely on yes. so much? So that way next year, if this happens again, this doesn't happen. Yeah. And this is going right. to happen more like climate's changing folks. Like, this well, okay. So actually I was listening to a 538 podcast on this. One of the professors at Rice, which is mm-hmm. not known to be a conservative institution, was saying that there actually still isn't like, complete agreement in the climate scientist community on whether or not extreme winter events are part of climate change. But it's still bad and they'll still happen. I mean, even if that's true, I do believe that we know that like climates can change their general patterns. So Texas could get colder. And if we get colder, we need to be able to figure that. But on both sides of the aisle, everyone's an idiot when it comes to this. All the Republicans who are like, it's snowing, so how can it be global warming? Weather and climate are different. And Also, on average, winters are warmer in Texas now. Yeah. And all the liberals who were like, it's snowing in the Middle East, therefore climate change is proven, we're all going to die. It snows in the Middle East, guys. Like, I don't know what Disney movie you got your foreign policy education. Like, Aladdin is not history. It's just Aladdin. Oh, like, n- neither of y'all are wrong. Oh, and I have to make two two more points real quick. The two things that I've been hearing a lot from the left side of the aisle that have to be disproven is, first, this is only because Texas put a private company in charge. That I've heard that levied. Reem, you seem like you want to take that one. Um. Every state in the union has a grid operator who are private companies that just every other state in the continental U.S. has multi-state grid operators. So those are subject to federal oversight, which requires, get this, the winterizing of power supply yeah. thing, infrastructure. So w- when it comes to that, it, it's not Texas a is private just special in charge. We should have had more regulations, but it does not because you follow. Had a, it's because you, you had an intrastate company in charge. Yeah, uh, we should have had more safety regulations, but safety regulations yep. and privatization are two different things. Like safety regulations can coexist with privatization and capitalism. OSHA well exists. Yeah. yeah, it's well. It's different because it's right electricity, but, but but you get the point. But then also, like we need to do that stuff. I don't care if it's more expensive and it raises my gas bill. Like this is a legit national security issue. Can you imagine if we were at war right uh, now? National security, like we need to be able to function. We need our energy. Like we, we, we need that stuff figured out. I don't care if I have to pay more for it. And then also a lot of people have been saying, this is why we need to federalize for sure. Now I'm going to be honest. I don't know much about the energy debates or stuff like that. As Reem can attest, I was texting him nonstop asking questions in preparation for this, trying right. to lo- trying to learn everything I could, because before a week ago, I didn't know what ERCOT was. <laughs> um, so I have learned a lot, but just because a state misuses their power or fails at something does not negate the justification for the existence of the power or disprove federalism. I mean, it's the same with our rights, the misuse of the freedom of religion, the misuse of the freedom of speech, the misuse of the freedom of assembly does not in and of itself negate the justifications for the existence of the right. You have the right, whether you misuse it or not. The debate comes with, do you have the right or not? From there, it doesn't matter if you misuse it or not. 
So Texas screwing up shows that Texas needs to fix our act. And we do. There needs to be investigations. Uh, we need to pass more laws. Like, we need to figure this out. But it does not prove in and of itself that federalization is better. Um, I don't know how anyone could look at the COVID vaccine rollout and go, let's put them in charge of more stuff. But um, evidently, some people think that. Yeah, so I'm going to ignore your segue there for a moment, Jack. That would have worked. but Oh, yeah, we have to rant want... about Ted Cruz. Yeah. Yes, I know. Um let me just add this to the discourse we're having right now. Um, and I'm now forgetting my point. So I thought it was well said. I didn't disagree at all this time. That never happens here. Why don't I rant about uh, Ted Cruz and you'll remember it. I'm sure. I'm sorry, listeners. My bad. That's okay. Listeners. I never forget anything. Cause I know all, but um, oh yeah. So while this is going on, Ted Cruz does something that gave me PTSD from back in 2007. Now, listeners, as you will recall, if you're good people, Dallas in 2007 had a 13-3 record under our new star quarterback, Tony Romo. We were proud for your transplant, Tony to Romo. Go, hey, a wonderful human being. A wonderful human being who we will not blasphemize. Is that even a word? I don't know. On this show. So anyways, he was ready to defeat the New York Giants and take us to the Super Bowl, where I have no doubt we would have defeated the undefeated Patriots and became Super Bowl champions. It was all there. But what did our star quarterback do? What did Tony Romo do? He, in a time when Texas was in need, when we needed his help most, he got up with Jessica Simpson and he went to Mexico. Now, it should have been realized then that anytime Texas is in need, you don't vacation to Mexico. You wait until the crisis is averted, and then you go party in Mexico all you want. But Ted Cruz did not learn from Tony Romo. No. Ted Cruz saw that people were literally dying and was like, I could use a vacation. So, uh, our wait, what? I remembered my point. Oh, what's your point? Okay, so this is part of the reason why I'm in favor of doing like a massive infrastructure build to turn into a jobs program for the U.S. so that we can train people in trade skills while giving them high high paying jobs. That then they can take those same skills and then go get high paying jobs in the free market as well, right? So if we pass a bunch of infrastructure money, let's not just hire subcontractors. Let's do CCC Part Two and also turn it into a jobs train program for like CCC is that civilian the conservation program? corps? Yeah. That didn't work very well, but if you tie it but, to national security, I'm down. Okay, sorry. Marshall plan for the U.S. That's also a jobs program. All right. I'll, I'll consider it. I'll consider it. So part of that could be winterizing power stations. Yeah, and it is, it's a national yeah. security concern. Like every year when yeah. I read the latest about our military, they're like, we need to update our infrastructure or we're screwed. Like China could take okay, it out. Okay, sorry. You were talking anyways, trash about Ted Cruz. Yeah, Ted Cruz. So Ted Cruz goes to Mexico and- this was just completely pathetic. First of all, it's hypocritical because Ted Cruz was one of the many calling out uh, the mayor of Austin for delivering right. messages while in Mexico. From Cabo. <laughs> yeah, so apparently Ted can do it, but Adler can't. I guess that's the rule. But uh, I saw a lot of conservatives defending him today. And first of all, it annoys me because besides the whataboutism is crazy. When it was Nancy Pelosi, every liberal was like, what's she supposed to do? And every conservative was like, she's a leader. She has responsibilities. And now that it's a Republican, every conservative is like, what's she supposed to do? And every Democrat's like, she, he's a leader. The fact of the matter is he, in both cases, they are leaders and Everyone was like, what are they supposed to do? He can't fix the power grid. That's true. He can't fix the power grid. I don't expect I don't expect Ted Cruz to come in with like a hammer and a hard hat and like fix the power grid. 
but he is a leader and leaders have a duty not just to refrain from negative actions but to enact positive actions in a or jack as some people might say leaders lead yeah that what it is like i mean ted cruz is a christian like it, it was pretty clear christ could have just chilled in paradise while we suffered and said he came down and he washed the servant's feet all right from that you should learn that you need to be out in the front lines helping you want to lead you lead by serving Beto O'Rourke, honestly, has done a better job than Ted Cruz during this. He was doing calls. He was getting people food. Ted Cruz, like me, is very big on localism. He's very big on charities. He's very big on helping your neighbor out because we don't need the federal government to do it. I would have liked to see some of that. I would have liked to see Ted Cruz coordinating with churches. I would have liked to see Ted Cruz giving old people meals. That's that's where I would have liked to see. And if uh, if the king of Britain can keep his daughter... But like Not just in like a photo op way, to right, be clear. Right, right. Actually doing yeah. it. Uh, but if the King of Britain can keep Princess Elizabeth in London during the Blitz to maintain morale for the British children, I think Ted Cruz's daughters can wait for their vacation and help their fellow Texans out. And the lying was pathetic. Claiming that you brought a gigantic bag with you just to drop them off what like just be up front and be like yeah i sucked i messed up like if you apologize and you're like i did a bad thing i'll forgive you like i will move on well, I'll i mean it's you. still a dumb it's yeah. still a dumb move but at this point like i'd be cool with primarying him like goodbye no <laughs> like this is this is a disgrace dude like you had a duty to help your texans in a time of need you are one of our leaders you you should have served and you failed to do so I mean, okay, I've been cool with primarying Ted Cruz for a while now. Yeah, Strain was um, on board. Well, I mean, since January 6th, for sure. Yeah, one of the bigger ones was when he still objected to election results. After people died. After the insurrection. Well, speaking so, of, did you hear Trump's going to be inaugurated that. on March 4th? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, Articles of Confederation are still No, are no, no, still it's not the Articles of Confederation. Jack. It's the U.S. Constitution. You see, a British company bought us in the 1870s, and we haven't really been us ever since. I didn't know the British East India Company had that much power. Dude, it's hilarious. Like, the conspiracies are so absurd. Like, how do people believe this nonsense? It's, it's, uh, well, be, Jack, echo be, chambers that have been created in the conservative uh, landscape haven't helped. It'd be funny and if they weren't violent. I wonder, Jack, where kind of the starting point for those echo chambers might have been. Um, Getting canceled from all the mainstream ones. Or, alternatively, AM talk radio. Um, but I digress. Are you blaming Bo or Rush for this nonsense? Not Do Rush. It. Talk radio. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. Anyways, Ted Cruz sucks. Um, yeah. That's that. Next yeah. topic is our... COVID. Yeah, COVID updates. Um, Still happening. You people need to get vaccinated. It's Americans are not getting... Get Mardi Gras this year. Yeah. Americans are not... Reem deserves Mardi Gras. All right? This is that's what... right. You exist on this earth to give Reem Mardi Gras, and you have failed. All right? So, like, Americans aren't vaccinating for some reason. Millions are turning it down. Like, at a certain point, we should just mandate it. Like, the government has a role in protecting the health of its citizens. Like, if we want to mandate, we can. And please, for the love of God, if you haven't got vaccinated yet and you're eligible, get vaccinated. Like... Yeah, I'm kind of not cool. Like, I understand why the governor keeps doing this whole, like, always voluntary, never forced thing in Texas. Are you referring to Abbott? Yeah. Yeah. But also, maybe we should require the vaccine for some people. Yeah. Like, it's 
I, I was required to submit proof of vaccination for several vaccines before I got admitted into A&M. Like, it's not outrageous. Yeah. This is this is not a brand new idea. It's absolutely absurd. But the American people aren't the only one dropping the ball. And please get vaccinated, y'all. Like, Israel should not be destroying us on this one. All right? We are better than Israel. And I'd like to see that play out, even though I love Israel. But Andrew Cuomo, the darling of the media... The darling of Anthony Fauci, who referred that he got it right while Florida sucked and while Texas sucked, New York got it right. Andrew Cuomo is officially under federal investigation, especially after one of his own members of his party, after a Democratic member of the New York state legislature came out, said Andrew Cuomo threatened to destroy his career if he didn't stop trying to investigate into cuomo's covid malfeasance this is the man the democrats propped up as the model this is the man the media essentially worshipped this is description and now anthony fauci's all quiet all of a sudden like i gave fauci a lot of credit first i am turning on fauci quick i mean if you're gonna praise cuomo as the gold standard when this stuff comes out you don't deflect the question all right this is getting disgraceful Andrew Cuomo is pathetic. Reem, your thoughts on the New York situation? Yeah, well, so here's what you have to remember, right? Is that, one, for public servants like Anthony Fauci. The highest paid um, public servant, by the way. What? Yeah, he's the highest paid member of the federal government. Yeah, that's because we don't pay public servants a lot. And so it's oftentimes more lucrative to then go and like be a lobbyist. Which is actually bad, y'all. We should raise the money politicians get. Yeah, yeah. Pay public servants more. Um, It helps the poor, actually. It also just means you get better bureaucrats, and better bureaucrats mean better bureaucracies, and better bureaucracies more mean better government. And the Chinese figured that out early. We should figure it out too. Is normally cheaper and more efficient, Um, and we like that because less taxes. Funny how raising salaries leads to cheaper government. Um, But I digress yet again. It's like lowering taxes leads to more tax revenue sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes, depending on the situation, it depends on the curve. It depends on how yeah. much. Yeah, it depends on whose tax rate you're lowering and what they're going to do with that money. And but we digress. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Your thoughts on Cuomo? No. So with Fauci, like I understand, he has to thread this needle where like, he's trying not to get involved with politics, but also like you know, Andrew Cuomo's whole thing was I am keeping my general public well informed through these press conferences. And like that seemed like a good thing to do. I will admit, he seemed good at first. Yeah, but so Fauci doesn't want to become a political kind of tool, is my assessment, but Mm -hmm. Republicans in the New York State Legislature have introduced impeachment stuff against Cuomo. This is pretty bad. CNN has reinstated its ban on his brother covering him. Why was Um, that not there in the first place? Why was it not permanent? (laughs) Yeah. But do you you support impeachment if it's true? Like, it seems to be true. (sighs) If the governor ordered it, mm-hmm. accountability has to happen in one form or another, be it electoral or constitutional. Dang, that um, would be a point where the Dems could really take the high ground on us if they impeach their own guy. That, that could make them look Yeah, good. but it's New York, so I, don't I, hold I, your breath. The point could still stand, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. But yeah, yeah. More, more on COVID. The Biden administration is infuriating. Like, they cannot... Okay. 
they cannot keep themselves together. Like uh, the press secretary, who we're always going to call her the press secretary until Jin I can Saki. figure out how to pronounce her last name, Jin Saki. Um, or maybe it's Saki. Um, dude, this is why I called her the press, press secretary. secretary. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I try to solve these problems before they come up, Reem. But Good job, Jack. Uh, she was like, we're not going to require teachers to be vaccinated. And then Biden was like, we're going to require teachers to be vaccinated. The Biden administration is now clearly influencing COVID policy from the CDC. Like politics is affecting it, not the science. But Which was teachers, a criticism we had of Trump. Yeah, it's it's now what the teachers want, essentially. And it's absurd. Like, yeah. frontline workers, many of whom are elderly, have been out there for years. Teachers should be in the schools. The stats are clear. And as uh, Shapiro was pointing out on his podcast today, and I'll advocate for it too, I am unaware of a single instance where it can be proven that a teacher died from contra- contracting COVID at a school. Not one. If this was such a problem that our children should not be in school, I should at least have dozens, if not hundreds, of cases of proof. It's a national disgrace that our children aren't learning, while uh, Europe and uh, Israel and other countries have their children in school. I mean, just pathetic of us. We're failing the next generation. But don't worry, because our identity politics is playing a role. To show how crazy this is getting with COVID, uh, now this isn't in the U.S., so um, uh, fair, fair enough on that one. But... According to the Daily Wire, Canada is advising that they prioritize race over age in the vaccine rollout. And as the New York Times reports, a uh, and this is also a point, uh, the overregulation of the vaccine rollout is really damaging. Like this doctor that I'm talking about right now, what's what's his name? Um, doctor. Dr. Gokul, I think it is. Wait, let me let me make sure. I want I want to get this right. Yeah, Dr. Gokul said uh, that he vaccinated his wife and several other people because the vaccines were going to run out and then they were going to be unusable because no one else was in line. He was fired for this, and he wasn't just criticized for this. This is according to the New York Times. This isn't some right wing source. Quote. He also said that one of the officials startled him by asking by questioning the lack of equity among those he had vaccinated. He asked, are you suggesting that there are too many Indian names in that group? Exactly, he was told. Culture war has consequences, people. This type of toxic, racist, evil ideology has consequences. We, we are now seeing a massive racist movement take place and just grab hold of half of our political aisle and, and this is unacceptable. This is racism, and it has major ramifications. Reem, you are about to strongly disagree. Okay, all right. Let's let's get back on. Let's get back on COVID. Um, this is COVID. Good news. <laughs> good news. <laughs> Pfizer, I think, it was either Pfizer or Moderna. One of the mRNA vaccines announced that they believe they have a ninety-three percent efficient uh, effective rate when you only take one dose of their vaccine and are now recommending one dose instead of two. Folks, this is big. Um, yeah, that's very big news. Yeah, and here's the deal. A 93% effectiveness rate doesn't mean that 93% of people won't get the virus, right? <laughs> Vaccines do not protect you from infection. That's not what they do. It also lowers the deaths. They make it where if you do get infected, you are able to fight it off. So the 93% number means that 93 from and the my stats are in. It's working really well. From my understanding, the 93% number means that 93% of people who get the vaccine produce the antibodies to fight off COVID, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And so you might still get the virus. There's always a chance. And that's okay. Well, it's not great, but 
even if you do, your body is better prepared to fight it off. So every time you see a headline about so-and-so got both shots, they still got infected. That's normal. That's how the vaccine works. It requires you to get infected to work. Because if you just don't get infected, the antibodies you generate from getting a vaccine just sit around, right? But if you get infected, the antibodies fight off the virus. So, yeah, let's stop doing all these. They got the vaccine. They got infected. Oh, my goodness. No, let's stop that. Um, two. With teachers, there are like two sides to this coin, right? One side is transmission in schools is really low. We should open back up schools. Yes. The other side is there are a large number of teachers in at-risk populations who need to get the vaccine so they can go and teach. So let's get them the vaccine and then let's go back in schools. Now, there's this thing from teachers unions about how conditions in schools were unsafe before the pandemic. That might be true, but that's not a problem for right now. It's also worth noting anyone who claims that we need to pass, including Anthony Fauci, who claims we need to pass Joe Biden's stimulus bill in order to get the schools back is lying to you. If you'd read the fine print, you'd see that this money advocates billions of dollars to schools for 2023. They haven't used all the money from the last stimulus bill. Why do they yep. need money for 2023 for a virus that's now this isn't going to be a problem in 2023 well jack you also have to remember you have to remember though right in some states the teachers union is the state democratic party treasury account which is one of the most corrupt bargains in the american political system in a similar vein in many local areas the police union is the Republican Party treasury Which account. Which is the other side of one of the most corrupt systems of our politics right now. Um, there's an old, I want to say, Adam Smith quote that when two people in the same industry meet together, they will always conspire against the public good. Now, that's not always a bad thing. But also... Are you sure you want that quote on the record? <laughs> it can be a bad thing. Well, like what he means it is that... <laughs> Let's say like the two nail nail factories in your town meet in a bar by chance. They're going to talk about like pricing and making sure that they're not trying to lower the price against each other and starting a price war. Dude, that's illegal. Well, but like price wars. Yes, it's illegal. I'm not disputing that. But like oh, okay. price wars, hey, I thought you were saying that's okay. <laughs> price wars have negative effects on like workers because then they get paid less. Oh, despite yeah, the sure. fact that their productivity is not changing. Right. So like that's because that, the value of your work point, isn't right? determined by your work. Right. The price point. war is in the public interest, but stable prices are in the interest of workers are and company you, and firms. Are you arguing worker side economics instead of supply side? I said, and firms. Okay. Okay. Workers are part of the supply side. So you, you producer side. Economics. Workers make the supply. <laughs> well, it depends on. I guess it's fair enough, yeah. Yeah, it is fair enough because it's how, like, 
Well, no, it's, it's like from Tucker, whole, like, from Tucker Carlson's economic policy. It's protect the workers at all costs, supplies be damned. Okay, so Tucker Carlson is wrong. Yes, but I'm just saying there could be ambiguity to where workers fall on the economic spectrum. And here's the deal. And Mitt Romney was horrible at communicating this. Corporations are people too, and that doesn't mean that <laughs> corporations are legally people. Okay, all yeah, right. It depends Speaking on the law. Of, read, read Scalia's book if you want to learn about that, Doctor. Speaking of corporations, let's talk about a part of the world where there are no corporations. China. So Jack, China made him. Biden made a mistake on China. Uh, Let's. What did he do? Why is this bad? This is according to Taiwan News. And if anyone's going to be pissed about being nice to China, it'll be Taiwan. So Biden had a town hall. This town hall did not go well. This was with CNN. So he mentioned his latest call with President Xi. Now. I was hopeful. Biden's always been weak on foreign policy, in my opinion. Now, I was hopeful that the Democrats would corner themselves to have to be tough on China because of how they treated Trump. I was hoping that because the Democrats, who are usually insanely lenient with tyrants, see 2012, the 1980s called and want their foreign policy back, would be so harsh about Trump sucking up to Putin and Trump chilling with uh, Kim Jong-un, that they would have to be harsh. But alas, we're we're not getting that. So during this town hall, uh, Biden touched on his call with President Xi Jinping and how he would handle human rights. So he starts out pretty good. Biden says, we must speak up for human rights. All right, I'm with you there. But then he continues and he says, quote, if you know anything about Chinese history, the time when China has been victimized by the outer world is when they haven't been unified at home. That That is true. Then Biden seemed, according to Taiwan News, to justify Xi's strongman tactics by explaining that, quote, the central principle of Xi Jinping is that there must be a united, tightly controlled China. And he uses his rationale for the things he does based on that. Biden then, according to the Taiwan News, said he countered Xi in the call by saying American presidents must, quote, reflect the values of the United States. However, he gets that, quote, culturally, there are different norms that each country and their leaders are expected to follow. So while he, as the American president, has to condemn China, he totally understands that it is acceptable, nay nay mandatory, for Xi Jinping to abuse human rights because, hey, he's got his cultural norms to uphold, too. And, hey, it's, it's morality subjective. And Taiwan was like, what the hell, as everyone rightly was. And this is while China is prepping for a Cold War where acting like doesn't exist. Like, first, I saw the most horrifying video this week where Muslim kids in these internment camps, which are just horrifying, the stories that are coming out, they're forcibly sterilizing women. They were t- stripped from their parents, Holocaust-style, and forced to sing songs about how China and the government are their true mother. And more more stronger of a bond than that of their actual biological mother, which just rings of 1984 with the party supplanting even family loyalty. But then it gets worse than that, as Nikki Haley retweeted, according to, uh, is it Ars Technica, Reem? Yep. Is that it? China is... W- w- Nixon, like an idiot, got us involved in China's economy, and I, I've been warning on the show for almost a well, year okay. now. Wait, wait, let Kissinger me finish my point. Let me finish my point. Kissinger I and Friedman said it was a good idea as well. And they were wrong. 
Yes. Uh, I have been saying that we need to get out of there. We need to disentangle our economy, no matter how difficult it is. And here's why. According to Ars Technica, China is targeting rare earth exports to uh, rare earth export curbs to hobble U.S. defense industry. They got us dependent on them, and now they're targeting what they need to cripple our military, giving them a strategic advantage. This is bad. We need to build our military up. So if we have to have a war with China, we wipe them out and obliterate them like Sodom and Gomorrah, not have to be needing them for military resources and have to scramble to figure out what to do. They are the greatest evil on the world stage right now. We need to be prepared to kill them if necessary. We need a efficient military, not a com- communist reliant military. This is disgraceful. Reem. Jack, do you know why they're called rare earth metals? Because they're rare. Yeah. Um, and most of the deposits in the world are in China. Um, Still, we, we need the problem is we need to be figuring out a way to get resources needed for our military that aren't relying on china like even if that means branching out and not using those metals like this is a concern okay now here's the deal so um you're gonna hate this i'm gonna lead off with the phrase i'm sympathetic towards biden but don't worry you're gonna like where this ends okay it's all right it's all right i'm sympathetic towards biden and his point that you know different leaders have different expectations based on their country they're coming from and the culture of that country technically wrong He's he, it, it's basically vote your district in Congress, but for world leaders, right? But there's a reason I oppose that system of representation. <laughs> even in Congress, there's a whip whose job it is <laughs> sometimes is to make you not vote your district um, right. and do what your partners and allies need you to do. Right. Yeah. Now, China, that- at this phase, Probably not really a U.S. ally, even if by treaty they kind of are. Probably. Um, Probably. I mean, they're not, but like treaty-wise, I think they legally kind of are. Okay, that's like in 1933 being like, look, we all signed the Treaty of Versailles, but maybe germany's getting a little a little antsy i don't know that's that's not that's those aren't the kinds of treaties i'm talking about but okay um i mean hey they were legally they were legally buddies on the world stage so yeah so china's not great um biden again not wrong but also this is one of those times wrong, you kind of need to be like hey um not acceptable and maybe get the UN to pass a resolution. They they seem to be very interested in human rights issues. Rick, why is the UN City. not going to pass a resolution condemning China? Yeah. So there's that. <laughs> Forgot um, about that Security Council, huh? Let's make our own UN. Let's do our own. Dude, UN. I'm so in favor of that be... League of Free Nations. Okay, so we take NATO, we expand yeah. NATO, and then we turn it into like our own UN. People with power, okay. are you listening? Get this Someone done. Someone writing this down. Um, it's recorded. We're fine. But yeah, China, problematic, murderous. Jake Tapper had a segment on a show about like forced rape. In I love the way you go from problematic to murderous. <laughs> um, look, being murderous is problematic. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, yeah, Jake Tapper did a segment about forced rape in Uyghur concentration camps. Um, Good on Jake Tapper. I love Jake. Turns out there's a long history of Chinese regimes from the coast trying to subjugate the Xianjiang region of China, um, where the Uyghur population lives. Turns like out thousands of years. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, not great. Um, 
should have. Hot take. China would benefit from a federal system of governance because of how disparate the different regions in that country are. I think they would just benefit from being multiple countries. I, I don't think that at yeah, a certain point, work. even the federal system gets too diverse to sustain. Maybe you almost need like a confederation. Like it needs to be like a European Union. Just independency. Why should like mainland Well, because China Tibet has no natural resources, Jack. <laughs> it's called Singapore. Okay, so where is Tibet and where is Singapore? I know where Singapore is. I know that being an, near the ocean is more helpful. But and where is Tibet, done, Jack? Near India with mountains. Yeah, in the Himalayas. <laughs> I'm aware that the situation is not good. Which, you know what's interesting about that? We always associate mountains with being successful and valleys with being bad. But valley civilizations always do better than mountain civilizations. So you know what the Aztec word for city directly translates to? What? Water mountain. Because they saw control of water as being hugely important for power. That is, I highly recommend the book Why Nations Fail. And one of the reasons nation fails, no water. Also, not having a stable constitution. Uh, you know what's one of the issues in China? Water. Three what? Gorges Dam. Um, Egypt, too. Yeah. Egypt and Ethiopia are getting a little antsy with each other. Also, there's a theory. That, okay, sorry. We're digressing here. Um, this is what y'all came to listen to. Yeah. Obviously, you came here for conversations about the historical underpinnings of why water is so important for civilization. <laughs> um, next week, aqueducts. <laughs> <laughs> Not with lead. That's right. We've learned. <laughs> yeah, China's not great. I mean, here's... Here's my issue. Here's where I see the disconnect, right? Attorney General, not attorneys, Secretary of State Blinken generally just gives like the generic foreign policy answer of like, mm -hmm. we need to address the issue with China. But Joe Biden doesn't. Yeah, that's the problem. Not great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Reem, five minutes. I have five minutes here. Um, I have yet again not prepared for having five minutes. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start filibustering, and the first topic that comes into my mind is what we're going on a tangent about. I gave about. you suggestions. Oh, you gave me suggestions in the thing? Yeah, I even named it an inquiry into the mind of the aggressively neutral person. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Um, There's economics, probably, culture war, unlikely, unlikely. college football, 50-50. Yeah, so actually the FCS football season is starting back up um, this weekend. Pretty excited for that. So it's like D1 football, but like the second tier of, deer, of D1. And they actually get like the NCAA National Champion Trophy, right? Mm -hmm. At the FCS level, the college football playoff champion doesn't get that trophy. So pretty interesting. If you ever go to the College Football Hall of Fame, I highly recommend. They have all the trophies or replicas of all the trophies there, and they detail how the FCS champion gets the Division One trophy. Um, Jack, I'd like to briefly just go on a tangent about ranked choice voting here tonight. Um, you know I'm going to be in favor of that. I understand this is coming out of the middle of left field here, but here's the reason, listeners. For those of you who don't know, I'm running LSU student government elections. Those elections are occurring on March 24th, which is 34 days from the date of recording. Top of mind issue, really, for me. I just wanted to note something about ranked choice voting in the United States. So, um, Yuval Levin at AEI, also the founder of 
a conservative magazine whose name I'm blanking on, and it's not National Review. Um, Yuval Levent is, you know, kind of one of the big people at AEI. He also worked for the George Bush administration. He recently wrote a piece about President's Day, condemning the idea of President's Day. Also, happy President's Day, listeners. Mardi Gras is more important. Happy um, President's Day for like the 10 good ones. <laughs> Again, Mardi Gras is more important. <laughs> um, he writes a piece where he's talking about some of the reforms that we need. And one of the ones he mentions is ranked choice voting. So what I wanted to do is I wanted yes. to just take a moment to note that ranked choice voting is actually something that has really proliferated at the student government level in this country. Now, student governments are not traditionally the sites of, they're, they're not your laboratories of democracy like states are. But here's the case I'm going to make. They're your laboratories of revolution if history's proven anything. Well... Here's the case I'm going to make, listeners, and maybe I'm wrong and we'll find out in 25 years whether or not I'm wrong. That's the beauty of this. We won't know for several decades. So that's kind of great about this allegedly hot so take. So you can always just claim that you were young. Exactly. Um, traditionally, student governments at universities have tried to mimic real life governance as much as possible, right? So, oh, so you just are... do nothing and steal taxpayer money? We do levy taxes um, <laughs> in the form of student fees. Um, it's a couple cents every semester, I think, from every student. So it, it really does add up. There's like $100,000 in surplus right now for LSU student government because Damn. we haven't spent a bunch of money. And so a fiscally responsible government, you're not imitating federal government at all. So we're going to hold a referendum this election cycle on how to spend all of it. There it um, is. <laughs> but Traditionally, student governments have tried to in, imitate real life governance, right? So they have some have bicameral legislatures, despite there being, in my opinion, no need for a bicameral legislature at the student student government level. That's Heck, I think most states probably shouldn't have bicameral legislatures, uh, but that's a. Uh, I'm okay. aware there's disagreement on that. You can point. go move to Nebraska, Raymond. <laughs> um. They have federalized systems, so to speak, and that each academic college, like the College of Science, the College of Humanities and Social Sciences, each of them has like their own little mini college council, which is like a miniature student government for that college. Mm -hmm. um, senators are elected not by like just like undergrad, but by academic college. So there's those aspects to it. But one area where student governments have started to diverge from the mainstream political world is adoption of ranked choice voting. Um, Texas A&M and UT Austin have been doing it for a while. U of H has been doing it for a while. University of Houston. Um, a lot of schools in California have been doing it for a while, including Cal Berkeley, which is the largest of the Cal system. Uh, several schools also across the SEC have been doing it. LSU will be doing it for the first time this spring. Um, we're excited about that. But so what I'm really interested in, and maybe this is just me being in student government and thinking it's important. I'm curious as to if, as the people who are currently in student government at these institutions that use ranked choice voting, when they inevitably become policymakers, because after all, Steve Scalise, the current number two Republican in the House, was speaker of the LSU Student Senate back in his day. I wonder if when these people become the leaders of this country, if they're going to recall ranked choice voting and want to see it proliferate to real life governments. Now I it's already so. starting to, 
right. in very small ways. Um, in New York City for the primary elections this cycle for the mayor's race, each Yang party Gang. will use ranked choice voting. So it's starting to proliferate, but I'm really wondering if as these current college students kind of get older and start winning legislative races and getting involved as party officials and all those kinds of things, if they'll think back to their college days and go, you know what? Maybe it's time for ranked choice voting. And I also hope at that same time, they'll go, you know what? We are living in the nuclear moment. Jack, culture war. First, let me just say every single year in debate, we had to write our own bills and I would always write a constitutional amendment for ranked choice voting, abolish the electoral college, make ranked choice voting. It's the best. Now on to all things culture. First, I would just like to briefly note, according to the daily caller, uh, two great pro-life bills have been passed or are being, um, Suggested in Tennessee, there would be a bill that would require father's approval for an abortion. That's progress. They're not enough. And South Carolina has a, a very uh, extreme bill, which I'm hopeful will pass if it hasn't already. And uh, hopefully we'll see how the court stands now on abortion with uh, the confirmation of Amy Coney Barrett. Oh, what? Planned Parenthood's already Although, yeah, going after already a heartbeat rejected. bill in South Carolina. So Yeah, the feeling when you're pissed that a human being gets to have his heartbeat. But uh, anyways, what I want to talk about today is a very sad and unfortunate topic, a truly horrifying topic, obviously. And that's uh, the recent uh, discovery of the stuff that Ravi Zacharias was up to. Now, if you are a, a Christian, you might know of Ravi. Uh, he was one of my favorite Christian apologists. I watched all of his videos. I'm very big. I am very religious, but I'm very big on the idea that- No, we, you're religious? Yeah, I am very big on the idea that reason and revelation can't just coexist. They harmonize beautifully, and you cannot have one without the other. They are each foundationally essential to the other. And he was very big on that, and I was very happy with him. But he, he recently passed away, and the stuff we have found out is horrific. It turns out that uh, of all of the apostles, he emulated Judas more than all in his personal life. He lived a double life. He misused church funds. Uh, yeah. I just want to interrupt while we're talking about how well, while you're doing this to just note to all the people who said Ted Cruz couldn't do anything. Um, Representative Ocasio-Cortez, who as much as Jack disagrees with her, She's good on this. Has one. raised one million dollars already. Yeah, good for her. For local Texas charities to help people through the storm. Good job. Like seriously, like we should be able to unite on this stuff. Humanity is good. Okay, go yeah. get. So go, go ahead, real Jack. quick, just putting this historic. This is the only time you'll hear it on the show. Great job, Representative Alexandria, or, or I just totally blanked on her name. Ocasio-Cortez. Ocasio-Cortez. I am tired. I haven't had energy. You're the best right now, and I am thankful for what you're doing. It'll probably be a year before I say that again. Now, moving moving on to this, just the, the stuff that's come out. He misused church funds, and what did he misuse these funds for? He abused and manipulated young girls at massage parlors. He uh, uh, He's accused of raping a few. He definitely sexually assaulted a bunch. He... Um, threatened that they coming out about his abuse would threaten the salvation of others, which is so disgusting. First of all, our salvation comes from God, not from Ravi. So uh, no, uh, actually it would not. And it's just every single step that an abuser usually does, he he did. And 
it's it's hard to say now whether he's in heaven or hell. One kind of wants him to suffer a lot for the uh, things that have come out. But what I want to focus more on, obviously what he did was horrible, and obviously the women should uh, be taken care of, and the victims should be helped in any way they can. And uh, Ravi's ministry has an obligation to help them with everything that's in their power, as does every other member of the Christian community. But What frightens me most is how people around Ravi reacted, because it has political ramifications, too. Now, see if this sounds familiar. This is from David French over at the Dispatch. When the allegations came forth, Ravi's people around him acted like he was immune from sin. They thought that it was absolutely terrible to even suggest this and that clearly the victims were in the wrong because Ravi just can't do anything bad. And, uh, quote, according to French, in response to Alberry's tweet, Ravi's daughter, Naomi, vice president director of Wellspring International RZIM's humanitarian arm, sent Alberry an anguished email berating him for his unbiblical and cruel public statement she said and this is important his actions and the actions of others who were publicly calling for accountability felt like a personal betrayal now in the past few months where have we seen people try to stand up for principles and what's decent and be condemned as personally betraying someone There is a gross human tendency that God called out as sinful and disastrous in, was it 2 Samuel or 1 Samuel 9? Uh, Let let, let me check first real quick. I believe 1 Samuel 9. Yeah, 1 Samuel 9, where human beings want to throw away principles to worship the man, and it leads to nothing good whatsoever. When it comes to the Republican Party, we we need to resist this sinful urge. Do not abandon principles for the man. Rather, preserve the principles... And if men uphold those eternally just principles, great. And if they do not, we do not condone it. And most of all, for the church, it matters even more. The Republican Party is an earthly organization. It will eventually leave. America may fall one day. So be it. They're earthly organizations. We, we aren't really citizens of this earth. We're just sojourners. When it comes to the church and things that are internal, it is horrible for a witness to allow these types of things to happen. Preachers, pastors, apologists should be held to a higher standard. They should get no assumption of innocence from the church ministry. They should be even more heavily scrutinized. There should be more expected of them. They should have to do more, live a purer and even more just life than anyone else. Like if you want to be a teacher, the stakes are even higher. And uh, I can't remember who pointed out, so I can't give him credit. But someone pointed out most Christians don't even bother reading the Bible. So it's not like most people actually read the actual gospel. What what people see in life is the gospel of your life and the gospel of fellow Christians' lives. It's how you act in your life that they'll perceive Christ and stuff like that. And if we have churches that are condoning sin like this, that is the image that unbelievers will get of Jesus and that is simply unacceptable. If we are going to preserve, defend, and faithfully spread the gospel as we are commanded to do, we have to purge this evil full stop and stop worshiping men at the expense of principles. That's the exact opposite of what Christ advocated for. All right, well, Jack, there's one more news story that's important to cover today. And man, does this make me feel good. Yeah, I'm glad we get to end on a happier note. We got on, we, we we made it to Mars again. Let's like, go. Wait, we the United States as a taxpayer, I personally feel like I helped. Um We did. We all helped. Made it to Mars. We did it. Um Let's go get wrecked, you communist scum. Jack, thoughts. Space is awesome. First of all, did we use Houston? Like was Houston involved? 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> whatever. We got to Mars. This is extraordinary. Look, space exploration is one of the coolest, greatest things we've ever done as a nation. I would put July 20th, 1969 as one of the most important events in human history. Us getting to the moon is one of the most consequential things that's ever happened. Space exploration is epic. It's one of the coolest things ever. It's one of the great uniters, I feel like, in the United States right now. There's not much that brings us together right now. We're so partisan and hate-filled. But but the progress that comes from space exploration, like, you can't help but just be in awe and feel unified with one another when you see the rocket ship taking off or when you see it landing and everyone at NASA joyously responding. Like, it's just the coolest and we really need to be doing more. Pump up NASA's budget, triple it, quadruple it. I don't care. Uh, space exploration is the future of humanity. Um, we are meant to live among the stars. And this is how we get there. Reem, your thoughts. Uh, so the mission control is at JPL, which is in California. What? Cali got to do this? Forget being unified. Put it back in Texas immediately we'll figure out our power there is still a nasa mission control in houston all right Um, all right all right fine well your thoughts mm, though i don't know if there is still mission control in houston there better be how did we lose mission control no because remember the cool week hold on the cool week kids got to do nasa remember hold on but I mean, we got the speaker. At the okay, house, so, so the space shuttle program was definitely there was definitely mission control in Houston for that. Okay, good. Um, I was about to throw hands with NASA. So all human spaceflight for the U.S. is still directed through Houston, and the, obviously the aliens are in New Mexico. Um, but. This is not human space flight because it's a rover, a rover. So it goes through JPL in California. Okay. But yeah, your, your thoughts. Yeah. Space is great. So I was watching this with friend of the podcast, Landon Pettigrew um, today. And we watched the rover live. We, we have decided Jack, and I, I think you can get on board with this, right? You know, Landon, of course, being a registered Democrat here in the state of Louisiana. Nobody's um, perfect. That's okay. There needs to be a super PAC created that is dedicated towards electing candidates who are in favor of increasing NASA's budget. Yes. And Space Force budget. They work together. Um, Let's start with NASA. Um, Both. But okay. NASA's the more unifying one here. Very well. Very well. Very well. Unity move. Okay. Um, we're going to call said super PAC to the moon. Um, yes. To the moon pack or something. Hey, if you can um, get a Disney on board, it could be to infinity and beyond. So here's the plan. So I've already looked at the FEC website. I think it's actually relatively simple to create a super PAC. Um, this is news could do it. Just someone needs to become a lawyer. Yeah, this is news. will become an official outlet of To The Moon Super PAC. Um, Wait, we need a lawyer? I think we might need a lawyer. Give um, me four years. To set it up. Or land in four years, really. Um, Are you going to law school too? He is. Um, All right, three lawyers. This should be a very good Super PAC. Yeah. Ironclad. Um, yeah, so we start the Super PAC, and then we just give to candidates who... Like, give an explicit pledge to increase NASA funding. 
and yes. do more cool space things. NASA's awesome. It's it ties in every issue we have. Space solves it. National security, space solves it. Economic crisis, space solves it. Environmentalism, space solves it. There is nothing in this world space exploration won't solve. So we might start running out of helium. Um, you know where there's a bunch of helium? Space. The moon. <laughs> there's. Let me look it up real quick. I want to get this right. Reem, ramble on while I look this up. So we're going to start the super PAC. We're going to get a bunch of people elected. We're going to create a space caucus in Congress, right? So they'll be affiliated with the super PAC, right? So if you take money from the PAC, you have to pledge to join the space caucus, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, we're just going to give more money to NASA. So I don't know where it's going to come from. That's not important for the PAC. Right, this That's is important. For this the is more important. Elect. I'm cutting you off. This is according. If you're not on board yet, this will make you on board. If you're, if you're an American in any way or German, honestly, you'll be on board with this. According to physics.org, astronomers have found an alcohol cloud spanning 288 billion miles. We get into space. We get that. You think Mardi Gras fun now? Space booze. This is what we need as a country. Yeah. Um, this, this, and we can build the Death Star. Shh. Don't tell him about that part, Jack. Dude, the stuff I'm building is way cooler than the Death Star. Like, that'll be... Yeah. So, Space Pack um, coming soon. Yep. A project of This Is News. Um, and, yeah. I mean, it's going to be exciting uh space is cool this rover is specifically designed to figure out if there was ever life on mars we don't want to know but we do but we really do want to know um but if it's yes we should be terrified the rover also brings a drone with it that's going to fly around it'll be the first time we've ever like flown something in atmosphere on another planet nice uh, which basically, like, the way I look at this, like, yes, that's a cool achievement. But the way I look at this is there was some nerd at JPL, because, <laughs> let's be honest, who went, y'all, you know it would be cool if we had a drone on Mars? And everyone went, yes. yes. And I have to say, shout out to The Onion with the funniest article for this one. It was, a uh, Curiosity desperately scrambles to look like it's doing something as New Rover <laughs> shows up. <laughs> Well, there's already there's already a meme Twitter account um, called Percy the Mars Rover, and it's pretty good. Um, yeah, remember when that one rover took an image that looked like a person's face in the sand, and everyone freaked out? That was yes, fun. yes. But yeah, guys, uh, the search for life is necessary, but if we find it, we should be so terrified because we're probably all going to die. So that would not be stress. That would not be a stress-free time. We would have to get our act in order, but let's, let's hope yeah. we don't find it in our soul. Yeah. More space. Um, yeah. Space exploration is great. Like we should have a lunar colony. Um, Dude, we should have a Mars- and America should get there first. Do not let the Chinese get to Mars first. America. Someday there should be a lunar state someday. I think the treaties we have signed would say hell no, but I don't care. But also, treaties can be renegotiated. This is going on the to the moon pack list. Um, renegotiate the treaties. Renegotiate the treaties. Technically, I think moon legally, calling. most of space is considered water because it's all international water. Yeah, that's right. So the Supreme Court has jurisdiction on the moon. Think about that. <laughs> our flag's there, it's our territory. I kind of want to be, here's the deal. All right. So there are some circuits like 
circuit appeals courts that are pretty nice, right? There's one for like the Northern Mariana Islands, which like are tropical islands in the Pacific. There's one judge on the circuit court. I have found my dream job. Or on the district court. And low key, want to be that district court judge. Let me tell you, once we have... Tell you what, I'll appoint you. A territory or state on the moon... I want to be whoa, district whoa, whoa, court whoa, whoa, whoa. judge for the moon. <laughs> Hear me out. When it comes to this type of stuff, you never want to be the first group of colonization. Let the scientists figure everything out, blow up some buildings on well, I'm not saying I'll be there first. Okay, yeah, you wait. But like eventually, like federal district court judge yeah, for I mean, the moon. I mean, think about think about Britain showing up to the colonies in the 1700s. That was a good investment. Showing up in the 1600s, you were going to die. Potentially die. Potentially. You were going to die. Well, but if you didn't die, you could get a bunch of land and then be rich. Yes. Or tortured by the Native Americans. Pros and cons here. Um, Yeah. Moon State. Maybe comes after, I don't know, Puerto Rico. Um, No, I'd give the moon before Puerto Rico. Well, one, we don't have anything on the moon yet. We want Mars, too. Mars should be American. Habitable. Agree with me on this. We need to get to Mars first. Yeah. Um, Two... Puerto Rico might want to be a state and we should maybe let it be a state. This is a different issue. But anyways, one thing okay. President Trump got right was saying we need to put people on Mars. And he That's was right. There. Yes. Well, we're going to do a space flight to the moon again, like the first manned mission to the moon for a while. Finally. It's going to include the first female to go to the moon. So that's why it's called Project Artemis. Nice. Yeah. So Wait, that's really why we called it Artemis. That's, funny. that's why they're calling the new one. Art- well, the original one was also Apollo. Right. Well, yeah, we got to so, go with the Greek gods. Yeah, look at that. Um, yeah. Well, and there was like the Saturn rockets and our our space force rockets better be called Ares. Like it just it just works. Jack, we're not wrong. Low key, space force kind of memed itself. It. I don't like, like the ma- name. So hear me out on this. We're all okay. going to make fun of Space Force until right. the next great war when That's we like right. look up in the sky and see all the satellites activate and then missiles just start raining down and we're like Space Force. We're all going to make idea. fun of Space Force until Space Force does Space Force. Yeah, and then we're going to be like, oh, Halo was cool. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, listeners, thank you very much for tuning in. You can find us on social media at This Is News Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Be sure to give us a follow, like, and subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're using. If you're on Apple Podcast, a five-star review really does help us reach new listeners, and we appreciate it. Additionally, if you know anyone who you think would enjoy our ramblings on politics, current events, and space, uh, go ahead and send the podcast their way. Let me assure you, space is a regular-ish topic on this show, as much as anything can be, aside from, of course, Jack talking about the culture war. And the 17th Amendment, which we abhor. <laughs> and the 17th Amendment. That episode's coming some point this season again. That'll probably be um, our next fifth one, honestly. Yeah, we're close. Uh, so two weeks from now? Yeah. Yeah. I'll probably want to phone in a podcast around then anyways. So yeah, I can rant about the 17th Amendment again. Um, Hell yeah. Woo! Dude, you're going right. to be happy. I can't argue natural law. I already did that. I have to find a new point for... Look at that. Sense. And I can just argue the same points because I don't care. Um, <laughs> yay! Well, listeners, thank you very much for tuning in. As always, for This Is News, I'm Reem Mayhem. And I'm Jack Shields. And we'll talk to y'all next week.